If you will, open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy. We've been reading from these verses. You know, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power, not powerless. Nobody can say this power is gone. Now, people can because they don't experience it, but he said, we've been given a spirit of power. We haven't just been given power, and we haven't just been given a spirit. Uh, in other words, the spirit of power. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of tremendous power, and Jesus walked with the Holy Spirit in his life and demonstrated power all the time. Are you with me? In various ways. And then he said we have a spirit of love. It's one thing to have power, but it's nice to have love with power. We know that in, in the natural. When, when police go corrupt, and, and not you know there's a bunch of good police, but they have an inherent power, and if they're corrupt, it doesn't benefit the hearer. Are you with me? And when believers have power or t share a powerful message but don't have love, ouch. But, you know, love can be medicating to our own lives and to others like power can be. Think of how many lives were medicated, so to speak. I don't know if that's the right wording. When Jesus preached, how many people's emotions got settled? who are in turmoil. Now, people got poked and prodded too. But how many people recognize this power? How many people went from an unsound mind to a sound mind? What is an unsound mind? Emotions in various ways. And Jesus ran into people with all different problems in life. And they had all kinds of emotional things happening. But the spirit, in other words, people need to realize this. You know, we're talking about this spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. When people talk about a sound mind, there's a counterfeit out there in the world. And they'll tell you this. You can be a positive thinker, and you can be. You can. Everybody can be a positive thinker. But there's a difference between a positive thinker and a mind and emotions that are influenced by the power of God. Period. Flat out. Total difference. I mean, there are scriptures all over the place that talk about how your mind, can, which would include your emotions, can be guarded by peace, divine peace from this same spirit. Are you with me? And can be comforted. Most people know the difference. I, I Somewhere, that I don't know if it's a new mattress, but I came to know about it because you know how you get ads online. You know, you just talk, man, this bed, you know, in your bedroom and you hit the mattress and stretch your sheets. This doesn't fit right. And all of a sudden on your phone, you get ads for mattresses. I'm like, how'd that happen? But how many have been discomforted on a mattress? And we know the difference. Now, there can be natural comfort, but there's spiritual comfort that we are allowed to put a demand on. Flat out, you are allowed to. It belongs to you as a believer. But if we don't put a demand on it, we don't walk in it, even though it's ours. And so that being said, when we're talking about power, love, 
and of a sound mind, we're talking, yeah, there is a natural element where I can exert some power, but we're talking spiritual power. We're talking spiritual love, not a world love, and we're not talking just a natural sound mind. We're talking about something that has a heavenly commodity. You know, in the Old Testament, we can see people whose minds got affected positively as they were committed to the Lord. And when they weren't, it, they were not affected positively. And we can see that in the New Testament. God's power in this time that we live can affect every part of our life. And so right here, Paul is writing to a young minister who um, has a real genuine faith. You know, I've met people... At one point, I looked at them and went, man, they have a real genuine faith. Haven't we all looked at different people and we go, man, they've got a zeal. They've got a genuine faith. And then later on, we looked at them and went, they're doing stuff, but it's almost as if they've lost that genuine faith that they once had. And uh, there's emotion to what they're doing, but there's a vitality a radiance, and I don't mean just off their countenance, I mean a literal radiance of things like power, love, sound mind, their emotions. And all these are gettable, haveable. If you're not how to sh- sure how to write that in your notes, look at the person next to you who doesn't know how either, because some of those words I just made up, haveable, Right? People would be searching that. I can't find that. So, but we know what we're talking about. It's obtainable, and it's not, you know, haven't you ever been told this maybe when you were little? It's right under your nose. What does that mean? It's right there. And, uh, but notice this in 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. Paul's writing to this minister And really, this could be to any Christian, any believer, uh, the same principle stands true. And it's real interesting how he starts the conversation off in this letter. And he said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Notice, Notice he called it to remembrance. Why didn't he just say, I see it right now? Hey, I was in the parking lot. I saw your car. Oh, I remember your car. This is a big difference. And he said here, he said, therefore I remind you, oops, verse 5 back up, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. So he was identifying, saying, as a believer, there is a genuine faith in you. And then he makes this statement, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. So he said, man, you know, you grew up having this faith. And he said, I saw it in your, your, your grandmother. And he said, and it is in your mother, Eunice. And he said, and I am persuaded is in you also. How many people could say, In my life, I have a genuine faith. 
But do you know how it appears can be different at different times? And he just said, I have to remember this about you. He said, I'm persuaded it's there, but, but, boy, what if you were written a letter? Remember this, this is written to believers, but it's also written to a minister. How many of you know we're all ministers? Some of us are full-time, but we all are really servants of the Lord. And he wrote this to this minister, and he said, I genuinely believe that, and I remember because I had seen in the past this genuine faith. But then he said, therefore, because I remember, verse 6, this genuine faith, he said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. That kind of sounds like an indictment. Now, when we read this, if you look at other translations, it literally reads in the, the American Standard, he said, for this reason, because you have a genuine faith, everybody could say they have a genuine faith who's born again. But he said, for this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. In other words, he had laid hands on him. He had been filled with the Spirit. Paul had maybe led him, you know, in this. And he prayed for him. And so this man, Timothy, has been saved and filled with the Spirit, has a genuine faith and he said therefore because you've got this genuine faith I want to remind you to kindle afresh so this is part three of where we've been on and we talked about power and love but now we kind of went backwards on purpose because it means to kindle means and that's from the new American standard it means to light or set on fire To light or set on fire. Another translation says this. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. To fan into flame. You know, there's all kinds of scriptures. When prophesying about Jesus, it said he would not extinguish a smoking flask. In other words, you may have like a little hand torch, but all it is is smoldering. There, there's something there that needs to be fanned back into a real flame. Why would you need to get something back into a flame? He had to remind him, you have a genuine faith. This that you have needs to be rekindled or lit back up again. There's a huge, massive thought to these verses in that phrase. To set on fire. In other words, smoldering, it's, there's some kind of 
embers in there, but it's just not a full-blown flame. This is a, an interesting thing because, I mean, ministers must be perfect. You know, everybody in the church knows they are not perfect. Some of you think you are. Okay, never mind. All of us know we're not, but different people have different opinions. He wrote this to the church as a whole, and he said, listen, you guys have a genuine faith. He had a genuine faith, and he said, I'm convinced, and he goes through this reminder. And sometimes we need to be reminded of things. We genuinely do. I do have something that's genuine from God. Not I'm trying to get it, I've got it. And then he said, you've got this genuine faith, but obviously by his statement, he was saying, you have this, but you're not where you need to be. You're not. He was writing that to him. He said, you're not where you need to be. If something is just glowing a little bit in a fire, what is one of the main things that happens? You get a lot of smoke. That's always fun. You know, we all d don't care for the smoke. So we come up with these phrases because you sit there at the fire and then it blows into your face and then the person blows in their face. You know the old saying? It always goes into the cool people. So you have to get up and move because you got a big in your face. Christianity is not just supposed to be smoke in someone else's face that's an irritant to their eyes. Or to my own eyes. There are some profound thoughts here. In a, in, a, in a house setting, today we have heaters. But years gone by, and for most of history of humanity, if you wanted your house or your food cooked, you would get a fire going. And there's one thing that happens when you get a fire going, something radiates off of it. Amen? Doesn't it? I mean, and we know. I mean, I grew up in Southern California. I was at the beach a lot. And, you know, morning, noon, and night times. Go to the beach. One thing they do at night is they light bonfires. And there's always that Austin. If you don't know what that means. They bring a truckload of pallets, and it's like, whoa! And you meet those people, and none of them have eyelashes. You know? <laughs> And they think they're cool, but they look a little funny. You know, their hair's all burned back, you know. But it's cool. But you see it from a mile away, figuratively speaking. And when you get close to it, doesn't it put something off? Doesn't it put something off? And man, when those cool breezes come, you want that warmth. Are you with me? You want that warmth. You want what it puts off. And he was basically saying here to this minister, there are certain things that are to be being put off from your life, affecting your life, and they're not. So you need these logs burning. You need to kindle again this flame. And he said, and he explained what would come off the log. 
and he explained what the log was. Or, in other words, you would say it like this, maybe, the thing that produces the fire, in other words, wood or whatever, the coals. And then once that's going, it puts something off. This has been a big thing for me lately. The world needs and deserves this. And they need it from us. And they're not going to get it from anybody else, but I guess me is the way I need to look at it. And then maybe we should all go me. If they're going to get it, where are they going to get it? Watching the news? No, it'll just rip right into their piece. They're not going to get it by sitting and, and, and observing things in the world. Because these are intangibles that are tangible. And if it's not stirred to a fire, who's the first one who benefits from the fire? The one who lights it, the one who's standing there, the one who's closest to it. Isn't it true in our own lives? When the fire's burning, we're the first ones. Then the people nearest to us. They get the power, they get the love, they get the effect of a sound mind. But who gets it first? Me. Isn't it interesting, in the Christian existence of being filled with the Spirit, there's power, there's love, and sound mind. But notice, it can't be automatic. And so if logs put off heat, he is not telling us to seek for power, seek for love, seek for a sound mind. He said, stir up what's in you. Kindle back into a flame. And then, when there is a flame, power will radiate. Power will come forth. I may want to heat everybody with a smoldering something, but once I create a fire, then it's going to put it off. I'm not going to have to go, do you feel warm around me? you feel power? you feel love? I mean, you get it, you get it enough, People are going to go, I can tell you hang around with the Lord. The world deserves this. Isn't it our dream? Lord, just do it then. No, he said, no, you do something about it. And it's interesting, he wrote to this minister, can't people get busy in life? Paul wrote, or Jesus wrote to another minister similar in the book of Revelation. And he had a genuine faith. But he said, you left your first love. And he was talking about the whole church too. Now this may not be everybody's case. That's not what I'm saying. But there is a principle. If the fire is burning big and strong, the power is going to be noticed. And the more the fire burns, the more the power is going to be noticed. And the more the love is going to try to dominate. Why? Because it's not just power. It's not just love. And it's not just a sound mind. It's the log. 
What is the log? The Holy Spirit. That's what the world doesn't have. That's why this intangible, which is really tangible, can become very tangible in lives, is the Holy Spirit. This is not going to a religious thing. This is not hooping and stirring people up after, you know, let's, we're all going to walk on hot coals. Which serves a great purpose. You get your picture, you walk across hot coals. Woo! And we all high five you. I want to feel the heat. And not of coals, of heaven. This is a real thing. You can read when people had visitations from the Lord in the Bible. And there was this peculiar thing that would happen when God would send them back so they could have an influence, not only on their own lives, but the lives of those around them. He would command angels to go to the altar and grab a burning coal with tongs off the altar and go touch their lips and touch their lives. Why? Signifying when you now speak, you will speak with fire. It was a spiritual thing, not natural. Listen, there is a real fire that's spiritual that radiates power. And it's available... But isn't it true when a fire burns low, there's little perceptions of it? Little perceptions of a flame. But when it starts really going, and isn't it true when you see people, one of the greatest things that happened to me after I got saved, I wanted to love people. I wanted to forgive people. I wanted to tell people about the Lord. And I recognize there's a power I didn't even know my mind was different. And he told this guy, whom he dearly loved, this is inspired by God to servants. He said, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Meaning you, when you stir up a gift, you have to, this gift, like you would stir up a fire, you have to turn your attention toward it. It literally means take billows, you know, those things you, we don't know what they are today, but, you know, fan it. Oh, I try to explain it. Never mind. Forget it. It'd be like somebody who lived in Arizona in the desert their whole life, never got out of here, and I'm trying to explain an igloo. You know, the ice. Well, they don't know what ice is, and they cut it into squares, you know, and they stack them and they live in this idol. What? But these little pump thing to blow, to blow on the flame or to blow on that smoldering whatever, to kindle, to relight. When something gets lit, it puts off something. What he's trying to tell us here is, listen, there is something to be put off on your life. And it can be minimal and you, you can have minimal power coming off. You can have minimal love. And you can have minimalness in a sound mind. And this works in dynamics. I've had this happen. I don't often talk about it. But over the years in making decisions or you know, years ago, my uncle, I'd just given my life to the Lord. 
I was witnessing to everybody who was coming along. And even if they didn't, I was chasing after them. And because this was so stirred in me. I love people. I, I had something. I was, I was a fire. You know, like a burning building. Look at him. And I remember going and witnessing to my uncle, and he was into all these Eastern religions. He, he's influenced by an evil spirit. That's not God. And I remember he told me, he said, I'm glad I get to talk to you before you get too into this. I said, I'm too far. But do you know like a cloud came over me when I was talking and it was dark. And the thought just started pushing against my mind. What if you are this? And I remember I told him, no, Jesus is my Lord. This is the first time something like this happened. Something rose up out of the inside of me. Like you knocked over a fire hydrant and it just took that and it like threw it down. And I remember thinking, I'm having a spiritual experience right here. And this guy doesn't know. But I'm thinking there's power and ability to throw down this junk. And I've had experiences like that in different areas. Like where I was going to go down a path and I had gotten so consumed in my mind. This is what I'm going to do. And I started seeking God. Something illumination came up and it just drove that out. And there was a clarity. Sound mind. How do you stir it up? You, you seek the Lord. You, you think. You, you do your part, but there's a part he does. And he always does his part. I mean, there have been times where I've been thinking, yeah, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and just keep seeking the Lord, and all of a sudden just something rises up out of the inside, and either it gets settled or it just drives it out. A sound mind. God can influence your emotions. It, it, one thing, if we're going to stir this fire, we don't need to look at all our hurts. And they can be very real. We need to look at Him. We don't need to look at our powerlessness. We need to realize there is something we can fan into a flame that will bring forth power through us. That's why I said... This is what you need. This is what the world needs. And it's not an issue of, come on, God. He just said, listen, I remind you to stir up the gift or kindle afresh into flame or on fire. The gift of God that's in you. Why he wants what's in you radiating out of you. He wants your minds and emotions medicated, helped spiritually. He wants your love life to be good, meaning Christian love. I remember one time... I was having tough time, you know, forgiving this one person. And I remember I just was, when it was going after it with the Lord, and I remember sitting in a service one day, and something just rose up out of the inside of me. It was that love. And ever after that, never had a problem with them. 
stirring up. This, our life is not just to be all natural. And the danger with presenting Christianity as all natural is you can find the all natural everywhere else. And it was never meant to be all natural. Our presentation to the world is not to be natural. Your contact with God is not to be natural. And I don't want it just to be smoke in the eyes. For me. Amen. Turn to Hebrews, the first chapter. If God made it this way, that we should uh, stir up or kindle again, one translation reads, as you're turning there to Hebrews, it literally reads, to fan into flame again. I don't know about you, and, and I know this can be totally wrong, and I'm glad there's not kids in here, but I've always had a fascination with playing with fire. Who doesn't? Somebody's like, not me. Yeah, but you fool with the candle on the table, don't you? Pour a little wax, dip your finger in there. See, some of you, it was just hidden. It needed to be known. But there was a fasc- there's a fascination with fire. And, I mean, if I was a caveman, I'd always be around the fire. You know, those pictures are like, ooh, you know. Not that I believe in them, but anyway. Hebrews 1, verse 7. Notice this, God talking about angels and talking about, it says ministers, but other translations read servants. Are you a servant of the Lord? How has God made you? What does your genuine faith look like? Haven't there been questions in people? Even after you got saved, there's got to be more. And then when you're walking in it, you're like, yeah, this is it. But then sometimes if we're not careful, we can go so long and not realize I'm not walking in this. uh, I forgot this stuff existed. I've met people like that. That have a, what we would call a genuine faith, but they're not putting forth, and you understand when I say this, they're not putting forth power, not putting forth love, they're not putting forth the sound mind. I'm not trying to say we put that forth altogether. I'm saying they're not doing what it takes for the Holy Spirit to bring those things forth. If I say we're going to have a bonfire tonight, and hey, we almost got the weather, right? And I said, let's all be there, you know, out back. This section bring marshmallows. You section bring Hershey's candy bars. This section bring Hershey candy bars. You see what I like most. You guys bring, you know, granola or whatever. Uh, what's it called? Gra- gra- well, that's the best response all day. Graham crackers, so marshmallows. But, but you think about it. If we went out there and we're all standing around and we're going to, yeah, we're going to have s'mores. 
and we got a lighter, but there's no fuel, there's no smoldering. We got hamburger. I like sushi, I just don't like raw burgers. Some things just are not to be had like that. And you know, you're not to be had like that. And so here, this is how, when he said to Timothy what he said, he said, I remember this genuine faith that was, and, and what a blessing to have a grandmother, a mother that had this kind of faith. And he said, I believe it's in you. I don't have to believe what I'm seeing. I don't have to call to remembrance what I'm seeing. But even when he wasn't seeing it, he said there is a way. Because the way the Lord made us first off when we get saved. Notice this in Hebrews 1.7 concerning how he created these beings. He said, verse 7 of the Hebrews 1, and he said of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits, and he describes what their assignment is down in the very last verse, how they're to minister or serve for us as believers. They're to go to work on our behalf. And then he said this, and his ministers, and many translations read, or his servants, he makes them a flame of fire. That's how he originally makes us. You ever had a car that needed wax? It just brings something back up and makes it shine like it should. And here he's saying, this is how I created believers. I created them as a flame of fire. This is not like a catchy phrase. Oh yeah, I'm a flaming fire servant of the Lord. I feel cold near you though. You get where I'm coming from? In other words, it's just not entitled... This is an experience. How many of you know living for the Lord is not always perfect, it's not always easy, but there are things in this arena that can be had, that are tangible. We can share the truth, or we can share the truth with a degree of power, or a little bit of smoke, or a ton. I mean, if we recognize, man, I've, I've got this power, not just by title, but because I've been fanning into flame, after a while it makes it exciting to witness. Not just for the person who goes, wow, I recognize God in that. But you recognize God in it. Then you're like, boy, I sure want to lay hands on somebody. Mm -mm. I want to share the good news with somebody. But if it's just smoke, 
people are trying to clear the smoke to see what's there. But man, remember my fascination with fire? But sometimes, you know, as you go to... I, I had gotten in trouble as a child with fire more than once. And... Um, yeah, but I'm free, praise the Lord. I'm dealing with heavenly fire now. But if you, yeah, okay. But, um, <laughs> but the truth is, if you've ever seen something get fanned back into a fire, sometimes the smoke gets worse before it ignites, and you might go, I'm doing this because my house needs this, my wife needs this, I need this, my coworkers need this, my community needs this, my world needs this. And if I'm going to make an impact, man, this could really help. And if I'm going to be impacted, this could really help. So I'm going to do it, so I'm going to start applying some remembering, some focus, start fanning. And when I start fanning, you start fooling with what is smoldering. Uh, it can be a little smoky. And it can become more smoky before it goes poof. Have you ever seen that? I mean, if you watch... It, now it's like I feel like I'm at therapy right now or something, but I act like it's something I heard. You know, watching a forest fire. Ever watch a forest fire? Obviously not in person, but uh, no. I mean, I've watched forest fires when they would burn in Southern California. I remember me and a friend. We'd get in his truck, drive, hike up the side of the hill. I remember one time we were on one side of the hill. There's helicopters dropping on the other side. I said, "Do you think we should leave?" And we sat there till it got dark because the fire burned up the hill and watched the rocks just were, had turned red and flow like a river down the hill. And we're like, this is cool. And they had already shut the canyon off, but here we are. But one thing that's interesting, before some things ignite, you just see it start getting really smoky and really smoky and really smoky, and all of a sudden you see a little flame jump in there and another flame and if you're going to do this, there may be a lot more smoke before all of a sudden you see poof. Poof. You just don't stop. Why? Because it's not just that we want a fire. We want what's emitted from the fire. People don't take drugs because they like chewing or burning stuff and smoking just to get smoke all over their clothes. I went, in, I went to visit somebody the other day, and uh, I had to get in an elevator. I get in the elevator, and I'm like, uh, this guy's one of the Doobie Brothers right here. He's smoking something. I'm thinking, he needs what's real. But he was emitting something. Our, and I've thought this, is that, is that kind of stuff superior to this? Or we just haven't got it burning enough. And, and once it starts smoldering, 
and gets really smoldering, the Holy Spirit is going to get over to you power. And you're not going to be walking around going, boy, I need some power. You're going to be like, next? You'll start getting amused with this. Because it'll come out when you sing. It'll come out when you pray. It'll come out when you talk. It'll start coming out all over the place. And the same spirit that's radiating that will promote non-selfishness and promote love. And you'll have enough left over for a sound mind to help others. But he makes his ministers, literally his servants, a flame of fire. That's how we started. That's how Timothy started. I don't want to settle for smoke when the Lord comes back. I don't want people to sit in heaven and go, oh yeah, I was around them. I did smell something. I want them to be so burned there's no excuse. So influenced there's no excuse. Amen. But here's the thing, who benefits first? Me. And the Lord is working. And I believe this. He's trying to kickstart stuff in people too. Like people might be going, yeah, there is something happening right now. This doesn't mean you quit your job. This doesn't mean you do whatever. But you could give some attention. You start giving some attention. Let's finish over here in 2 Timothy again. 1. And there are so many verses in the Bible. Even in Romans, there's a verse that says, Don't be sluggish, but it talks about being fervent in spirit. It literally means white hot. But what does white hot? We know that's just a real burning. But what does that mean? It means something is being put off. And it's not just heat that's being put off. It's power. Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit love. Holy Spirit inspired and help with your mind. Jesus said... He was influenced this way in life. He said, he said, as he would serve the Lord this way, he talked about how he partook of things. They said, you know, he had been waiting for food. The servants come back. He had been ministering, and such an impact hit this one lady that was there. And then she left to go back and get the men of the town. The disciples came. And said, hey, 
we got some food for you. He said, I have meat to eat of that you are not understanding, that you don't know of. Well, that didn't mean he had like a sub sandwich, you know, extra salami in a little ice chest, and he was like holding out till they were gone because he's like, it's only enough for me. And then he popped open his little lunch pail, took out his thermos, took out his salami sandwich, ate it, put it back, hit it, and then they came back. He said, I had something to eat you don't know of. And they're like, where? I thought he had a lunch pail. No, he didn't have a lunch pail. I mean, as far as I know. But he said, my meat or ability to eat something or partake of something is to do the will of him who sent me. Do you know this is part of the will of God and it will make you eat? And partake of something? Everybody alive? And if this is for us, and it is, it will not only affect me, it'll affect those around me. It'll affect my actions eventually. If my actions are not affected in how I treat and do things with others, whether it's reach them or walk in love, these things need to come back up. That doesn't mean there's not a genuine faith there. It just means it's not burning enough to influence me to love somebody and not to think selfish or, you know, whatever the situation is. People need to realize this. When we live after self-ways, it affects our soul, our mind. You stir this up, man, oh my, the Spirit of God will drive you, direct you, help you. To follow the right path and influence your mind in ways that you cannot know any other way. You could say it's heavenly. Here's an interesting thought. We've all heard this before. And it can become very generic. I'm turning to Timothy at the same time. This, this statement I'm about to make can become very generic. Your will be done on earth like it is in heaven. That can be very generic. Totally a generic statement. And we just go, because we just go like this everywhere. Your will be done on earth all over the place like in heaven. You know how you could read that? Your will be done in Mesa, Arizona, as it is in heaven. But really, that has some generic issues in it too, which is totally fine. But you could say it like this, God wants His will done in your life like it's being done in heaven. Like things are happening there, He wants them to happen in you. So if there's a flavor to heaven... He wants that flavor of heaven to happen not just throughout the earth. He does. But there's elements where we know even though it's what he wants, it will not happen. Because of lack of human cooperation. Because his will is not happening when countries close their border and oppress the spread of the gospel. God doesn't want that. He wants something else. But we could personalize this and go, God wants 
His will and the things that happen the way they happen in heaven to happen in my life. Now that shouldn't be a startling statement like, "Uh uh-oh. No, that's a good thing. He wants you to have heaven on earth. The influence of heaven through you. What makes heaven heaven? You would have to ask this. What makes hell hell? Why will there be term... uh, Tremendous turmoil and torment day and night in hell. Because of the statement from the Bible, it's called everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord. There will be no divine power. There will be no divine love. There will be no self-mind, mind, no self-control, No sound mind. It will be radically horrible. So what makes heaven, if that's destruction from his presence, then the presence is mentioned as a manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of his glory is a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And all of heaven... And what makes heaven heaven is God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then he said, you've got heaven's atmosphere in you that needs to be fanned back instead of smoldering to a full-blown fire. That means heaven's atmosphere... He wants radiating through you. I don't think that there's anybody that has lived long enough on the earth. Maybe, maybe there are some that are younger, but most adults have been around people and went, wow, there's some kind of evil something around that. Anybody been there? Well, if that's the case, heaven's power is way greater It's a fire that is, the Bible said our God is an all-consuming fire. In other words, this can burn up and fix up all sorts of things in our lives. I mean all kinds of things. But I, like you, Have to fan. And I'll tell you what, once one person starts doing it to a degree, it will provoke others. It will provoke others. Second Timothy, we're going to close here. Second Timothy 1, and we'll read those verses, but we're going to read uh, through one more that we haven't read yet. Verse 5, when I call, Second Timothy 1, 7, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that 
You know, let me make a statement. If you've been having problems in your life and thinking this is just not changeable and things are not changing, even in the natural, sometimes just having more strength helps. But having more power working, because remember in our teaching before, this is the same miracle power that the Lord used to perform miracles. And he said, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body by his spirit. But why doesn't he do it automatically? He can't do it automatically. He doesn't do it automatically. You know why? I know this. Because then not one Christian would ever be sick. Because it would be automatic. But how come I'm not always comforted? I haven't looked to him. What if I just start acknowledging I have power in me? Start thanking the Lord, praying, and start directing my attention. I, and, and instead of just saying I have power, I have the Holy Spirit in me. Thank you, Lord. I wonder why he said be being filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. You could say it like this, with his power coming out, his love coming forth, his sound mind coming forth. Well, even when we get hands laid on us, what are we wanting? We're wanting the power of the Spirit to enter in and do a work. But what's interesting, Jesus, the, Jesus ministers to the sick different than we minister to the sick in the church. You guys all knew that, right? Nobody that they ever met had the Spirit in them. That was reserved for us. So when Jesus ministered to the sick and he laid hands on the sick, he ministered that power through himself to them. Now the church has that power in them. Individually. But even he worked with spiritual laws to get it to work in their lives. And so now we're not trying to get the power in us. Once we're saved and filled with the Spirit, kindle again, light again, fan into flame again. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He can knock out lies out of your mind like nobody's business. Bring such illumination to your mind, but it's all right here. We're not looking for a sound mind. That's the byproduct. We're not looking for power. That's the byproduct, right? You shall receive power when you're filled with the Spirit. It's a byproduct. Sorry, had to interrupt this program for a special message. Verse 6. He, or, and then he said, I believe it, or persuaded it's in you. Verse 6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But notice this, but share with me in the sufferings of the gospel. In other words, there will be some people who won't be pleased. But he said, do it by the power of God. In other words, let this power work through you. 
and face life with this power. We need to close. Didn't realize it went this long. You guys started listening better. You listen better, time flies, and then I'm like, ah, stop. Amen. You know, listening better is like opening up. It's like you start pouring in and you get your arms sucked in there. And can, can we do something to stir up this? Absolutely. Here are some things you could do. Start giving your mind to the thought. The power of the Spirit. The one who did all the miracles. The one who ministered peace. The one who created the atmosphere around Jesus. If I'm saved, he lives in me. You know what this will do for a church service? With more people like this? You know what this will do to your own house? When the Bible tells us to be salt and light to the earth, oh, I'm trying. No, this will make you salt and light. This will make you a little salty in a good way. Because it will make you bold. Amen.